1: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. Thank you for joining me. Coast to coast, border to border, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here over Red State, the largest talk platform in the nation and one I'm glad to be a part of. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's. Ripley's, believe it or not, the iconic Ripley's, and there you will see the um, I, the uh, Red State Talk billboard, the Talk Monster billboard, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there on that billboard, about a block from where they dropped the big ball in Times Square. Thank you all for being here with us today. We are uh, expecting to have just an incredible, I mean, a, a, a jammed, packed show. Um, as all of you know, is just a few days now uh, before I'll be making the, the move that I've been telling you about to Florida, I'm moving to beautiful Hutchinson Island, Florida, and uh, Michelle is just stacking the the show with whom we can stack it with so that uh, we can get those out. I may have to be off air again for a little while, but the show will be on. The show will be on, of course. But uh, want to certainly be able to bring, before I I go here in these next few days, uh, I want to make sure that we cover some relevant things that uh, we've been wanting to cover, uh, you know, in the past few weeks and it's just been travel 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 And i got a feeling that it's gonna be that way coming up in the show uh today is uh businessman extraordinaire uh energy expert mike woods uh, a good friend of mine and then at eleven forty-four, aja smith um, was candidate for representative, U.S. representative out of California, Riverside, um, will be on with me. The Grammys, she has a, an objection to women and uh, the leftist agenda that help hurt women. Uh, men, for instance, being included in women's sports. And, and the illicit uh, portal of women uh the Grammys what what about uh megan merkel what what about that uh Markle, what about that? We need to talk about the assault, and friends, you better believe this there is an assault on women, but not only that there's an assault on the society um I, be, before we get into that assault on the society, before we bring on the guests, I was just coming up at 1144 and then I uh, have Corinne, Corinne Rankin out in California. She has just uh, been elected to GOP executive committee. She wants to talk about the uh, Newsom recall and California. Yeah, I want to talk about California. And then finally, today I have a uh, farmer, black farmer, Corey Lee is going to be on with me. The, the the farmers, you know, we had Corey on. We were uh, trying to help him with his case and everything. And and I'm not, I can't say that I'm all in on the money that uh, has been allocated to them in this bill because, actually, i just got to be honest with you. Uh, black farmers have nothing to do with COVID as far as I'm concerned. Now I'm, I'm, Corey may give us a different take on that. I don't know. I certainly want to hear it. But part of the spending also included giving some money to the black farmers, but. <laughs> According to Corey, you know, Michelle does all the pre-interviews and gives me the the lowdown on what's going on as far as the movement of things we have tried to help. But Corey is telling us, and we're going to hear about it, and I was surprised to hear this, that that, that they're telling them that they don't know how to get them the funds. <laughs> what? They don't know how to get them the funds. I think it's about a billion dollars that would sure help pull them out of the hole. In fact, I think it just might put them back on their feet on solid ground up out of that hole. But according to Corey, now that the bill has been passed, that does include in it about a billion dollars to black farmers, which, of course, in my opinion, has nothing to do with COVID relief. But according to him, the government is telling them that... Uh, they don't know how to get them, get the funds to them. <laughs> you know, the height of income, you know what? Donald John Trump got pushed through a vaccine that i'm I'm not taking uh yet i mean, I mean you know unless they just absolutely unless i just absolutely have to take this thing because uh, quite frankly um but i'm glad i'm glad this pushed through i'm glad that there's some element of confidence uh, i'm glad that you know anthony fauci is being exposed as an idiot uh, it's almost comical what's going on with Angie, with with Fauci these days. I mean, you know, who would have thought that he's crazy? I mean, you would have thought. I have friends out there that were in the medical profession that just adore him, but I just got to tell you, uh, he kind of, he's, he's kind of baddie, bad crap, crazy as far as, as, far as I can tell. He changes his position almost daily. Which means he doesn't have a core. He doesn't have no. He doesn't have a center, and uh, and and I, I can I can relate to it when I lost my center. When I lost uh, my wife, I, I was I was sort of like I was rudderless for for almost a year, for over a year, I was rudderless, just rudderless. But you know, once you regain that center, once you once you get centered again, and and uh, and the anchor for me always holds in in the Word of God, and in my faith. Jesus Christ, Um, once you regain the center, you know, again, you become stable again. You become, you're not as prone to blow about uh, as you were. And so I understand that. And and maybe Dr. Fauci being a research doctor, uh, maybe he doesn't know anything about, he doesn't seem to be very empathetic to people, people. And research doctors usually aren't they're not geared toward the bedside matter and fauci is certainly uh he well Sir fauci certainly doesn't have much bedside matter. And on top of that, Fauci does Fauci. I think, and science, of course. Remember that. Remember, there is no science is something that has to be observed as it develops, and you do, and and they give you theory. They give you scientific theory on it. I mean, and and one of the greatest examples of that is they call um, uh, uh, hydrogen. Well, air air is uh, you know is is invisible, obviously, and. Um, They say that they're able to identify its elements, which probably can. You know, it has a lot of hydrogen and oxygen, you know, in it. And uh, so, uh, but what are those? You know, but what are those? Those are names that science has given to what they want to call the elements that are in air, which is invisible, And it can be proven that these things do exist because scientists know that if you mix certain things, you get a certain uh, result. That's the observation, right? But now, when it comes to um, Dr. Fauci, though, and this coronavirus thing, you know, from the very beginning, masks weren't necessary. Then Fauci came back and said masks are necessary, and then we got into the six feet and uh, what build, what was essential buildings, and and all of that. My point is, do you see how they have manipulated you? How they have driven you from here to here to here to here to here? No true course, no true course of action. Have they have they ever taken on this except to close you down? I've never been shut down. I mean, uh, thing, uh, there there have been things that I've wanted to do that have been shut down that hindered me from doing what I want to do. But I have never been shut down. I have never stopped doing what I'm doing. I've never stopped participating with people who I'm participating with. And even though this was one of the darkest times last year, this time in my entire life, it was the darkest time in my entire life last year, this time. Because there was nothing I could do with the loss of my wife. I I, there was not even a memorial service that I could do until June. It would be much later in June. when We actually had the memorial service. And everything else was closed down. I'm in Denver, Colorado. Strange place to be. Uh, you know, strange land for me. But Dr. Fauci had put out the guidelines and we went along with it. And it has always amazed me how easy it was. To herd all of us into our various corrals and stables. It, it was so easy to do. All they had to do was frighten you. All the, that's all they had to do was frighten you. And it was an irrational fear as well and the truth about it is now being hid yeah oh the truth about the china virus as the as president trump calls it was being hid is being hid right now and lies that had been uh put out there they're being exposed You know, the Washington Post uh, was putting hat out there that the president had called the election officials there in Georgia and and said, find the fraud. They've made a major retraction now that that's not true. That was never true. Trump never said such a thing. Trump never said such a thing. They're retracting it now that the elections are all over. Now they're retracting. All these things. But, you know, I credit you, American citizen, with not being stupid. That's why I always ask us, are we stupid? Or do they think we're stupid? Because I credit you, the American citizen, me, you. I credit us with not being stupid. When we're told something that is just so outrageous... That uh, <laughs> your common sense slaps you if you say or if you go along with what you're being told by CNN, MSNBC, the usual suspects. Your common sense slaps you. And you do you know something? Do you know when you have been totally brainwashed is when you... Uh, find yourself just taking for face value what it is they said without questioning the the veracity of it, the truth of it. it Wall Street uh, uh, Post, I mean, the Washington Post, rather, the Washington Post, they correct uh, that story. They retract their story. As far as what they said, Trump tried to do. They, they have retracted it. But for, for those who get their news from those types of sources, it's far too late. Doesn't this lead you to believe that even in the midst of all of this, it very well, since they lied about that, could they be lying about uh, not having set up a theft for this election? Oh, because this election was stolen. Yes, it was. It was stolen. But it will take historians years from now to actually reveal it. What common sense again tells us all that this election was stolen. Um, Have you seen how they tried to how they're trying to paint Joe Biden as some kind of renaissance president renaissance to what the man has been in Washington, D.C. almost as long as I have been alive Yeah, I was a kid when Joe Biden went to Washington the first time. Isn't he the the best example of why there should be term limits? This man hung around Washington, D.C. long enough to become president of the United States. But they only made him president of the United States because he was the last useful idiot left who could be president of the United States. Who who, who America would just not absolutely revolt if an election was stolen from them over Donald John Trump. He was the last one. Listen, if Bernie Sanders had won by the margin, that Biden won by, uh, oh, that would have been a huge cloud of suspicion. You just throw any name in there but Biden to have won in in the way that uh, Biden won over Trump with 80 million votes, and there would have been a huge green cloud of suspicion. He was the last useful idiot who could have been president of the United States in the manner in which they were going to have to do it to get rid of Trump. And friends, believe me, they were willing to do anything, anything to get rid of Donald John Trump. And they did anything to get rid of Donald John Trump. But I'm going to tell you something. Everything is, everything is beginning to be exposed. Everything is beginning to be exposed. And guess what? This is the most amazing thing that we are all finding out. We're finding out that it, what Donald John Trump was telling us was absolutely true. And, and it's this. They're not truly after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way. Friends. Truer words. Words. Have never been spoken by a president or a presidential candidate they're not they're not they're not after me they're not really after me they're after you and I can tell you this they will be coming for any candidates in the future who they suspect might want to throw back the blinders on you and the covers off of those who have been deceiving you for so long. Huh? There's a real deal coming your way though. I'm telling you if we have sense enough to embrace, it's going to take us a couple of years to actually uh, reap the benefits of it though. Yeah. And, and the reason for it is because we, we we're so deep into the muck right now. We're so deep into the muck right now it's going to take a while to clean this off Mike Woods businessman extraordinaire energy expert is going to be my next guest when I return with more of the C.L. Bryant show don't you go anywhere I'll be right back (music) CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. I'm so glad to be here with you as we, of course, spread the good news uh, in my own way of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and also the good news of America. Uh, the same way you're going to get a good dose of both when you uh, tune us in. On a daily basis, download free, the, the free app, The all three. You can download uh, the Red State app. You can download the C.L. Bryan Show app. And you can go to FreedomWorks, FreedomWorks.org, org. Flip over there to videos and uh, get an idea of what we are doing. We're turning it into a media company soon. Uh, the YouTube channel, C.L. Bryan YouTube channel, will be uh, coming at you. And uh, people like them, um, my next guest, will be coming on with me. And all of that, he's been with me ever since the inception of this thing. Uh, Mike Woods, businessman, as you heard me describe him many times, extraordinary energy expert, and I need him to tell us what is going on with uh, this energy thing in this country now that Joe Biden is solidly out of his mind and doing things that uh, does not make sense, and I don't think it ever will. Uh, help me welcome back to the show my good friend, uh, Mike Woods. Welcome back to C.L. Bryant show. How are you, brother?
4: I'm doing good, my friend. How are you, CL?
1: Doing fantastically well, Mike. Except I don't understand and cannot prognosticate uh, what's going to happen with our energy futures. So I need you to give America a good idea of what we might expect at the pump and so forth, and uh, energy prices, electric prices, all of that. Talk to us. Well, it's 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 interesting times,
4: CL, and, and of course we predicted it. You know, there's just Econ One Hundred and One says when. Supply goes down and demand goes up, prices are going to go up. And and we are seeing that with this current administration. Uh, Crude oil has jumped substantially since uh, President Biden has taken over office. In fact, I was looking at the the, uh, 52-week spread this morning, uh, and the 52-week range of crude prices, 28.15 was the lowest, 67.98 was the highest. And and so we're, we're seeing it. You already have $3 gasoline. Get ready. It's getting ready to go to $4 because we're going to summer blend, which is more expensive to refine. And uh, it's, it always amazes me. It's just simple economics. and Unfortunately, uh, the folks in Washington, they just don't get it.
1: You know, I don't hear from uh, economists much except for Steve Moore. Steve and I was just in uh, Arizona, and then we were in Orlando, Florida, together, did a venue there together just a, just a week ago. And we don't hear much from economists. You hear from Jen Saki a lot. But who's Mike? Who is who is calling the shots in the Oval O in Washington D.C.? It's certainly not Joe Biden. Talk to us.
4: Oh, it's it's the environmentalist, CL. I mean, you know, he he sold his soul to the devil, so to speak, went to to get elected. And uh, you know, I mean, look, what did he do day one? Eliminated the XL pipeline. Now, did that? What did that do? Well, first of all, it eliminated ten thousand good jobs up in North and South Dakota. Uh, is that? to still come from Canada yes it's gonna still come from Canada but instead of putting it in an environmentally safe pipeline we're now going to truck it and put it in rail cars which will benefit of course mr. Buffett who owns uh, Burlington northern and, and uh, Santa Fe Railroad but it's it's all it's all a game with these folks you know let's don't talk about what is the environmentally sound thing to do let's just have sound bikes that sound good and, and cater to our our, uh, our base but it's it's crazy but, but the problem with the economist cl you got to remember there are not many states that have oil and gas production so unless you grew up in oklahoma louisiana texas uh or mississippi uh or alaska you don't really know anything about oil and gas and, and uh the, the recent fiasco here in texas with electricity proves that you have people making energy policy who have no energy background and that's what's great and it's been that way We've never had a president that had an energy policy. I mean, I go back like even to both to of the Bushes who grew up in the oil patch. Uh, There's no one in Washington, D.C. that has any energy background. And so that's why you have these crazy swings and prices. But get ready. We've already lost a million and a half barrels of production in the U.S. in the last year. It started with a pandemic. Uh, it started with low prices. Uh, and again, as we continue to try to exclude people in the oil and gas business from drilling, which is getting ready to happen. I mean, we've shut down federal uh, land uh, permits. We've shut down offshore permits, which is going to have a huge implication for Louisiana. Uh, And so here we go. I mean, you're going to see $4 gasoline.
1: Before we know it. Okay, so Mike, let me ask you this, and and folks, I want you to pay close attention to what's going on here because, hey, listen, if you get that, I tweeted out just a little bit ago. If you do get your your fourteen hundred dollar check or whatever it is uh, that that they're sending out to you, if, if you do get it, you better save it for gasoline and your electric power bill. You better save it for that. But Mike, you, know, you and I both have uh, interest in in all in gas in in, in Louisiana, uh, but yet uh, from what way you're describing it, so what? It doesn't matter if the if the gas if, if, if everything if everything's going up as far as gasoline and oil is concerned, it's not going to benefit any of the landowners or any any of the, the the mineral oil mineral owners in Louisiana at all. Is that what? Am I reading those tea leaves right? Talk to us.
4: Well, yes, and, and, and don't forget he's going to raise your taxes to boot, CL. So you're going to pay more at the pump and you're going to pay more in taxes. And you know, people the people in Louisiana understand the importance of, of, of what we uh, of what we do. But let me just put it into perspective. 250,000 jobs in Louisiana are directly related to oil and gas business. That's $14.5 billion in wages every year. It's 26% of the state GDP. Now, what is this current moratorium on offshore uh, permits doing? Potential loss of up to 45,000 jobs. Wow. Uh, Wow. And and remember, offshore production is 15% of the total U.S. production. So wow. the numbers start going down and, and go back to Econ 101, when supply goes down and demand goes up and demand's going up right now, prices are going to go up. That's why I predict $4 gasoline. And, you
1: know, Mike, back when in between college, when I was trying to uh, – semesters, when I was trying to put food on the table for my, my new family, I would work offshore down out of Morgan City. And, uh, you know, those jobs even back then were good jobs. This pre- is Joe. But what makes this administration so uh, uh, desperate to shut down our energy industry? Those lessons, we should have learned a lesson from those wind turbines there that dot the landscape of Texas. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, the,
4: the, that was an interesting uh, a process. And again, I go back to my comment that when you have people who are making energy decisions who aren't in the energy business, that's what happened during the coal snap. I had to start shutting my production in. I knew the cold weather was coming up. Wells don't do good below 15 degrees because of chemicals, uh, because even salt water will freeze. And so we shut all of our production in the weekend prior to all of the, uh, the cold weather starting. First of the time, I mean, you know, electricity is big in the oil field. Pumping units run off of electrical power. So as even those that hadn't set their wells in, as the grid started going down, the wells went down. Of course, what happens when the wells go down? Not only did you lose crude oil production, you lose natural gas production. You had compressor stations go down. So it was it was a perfect storm. The windmills froze. The solar power didn't work. They were covered in ice. Oil and gas production was shut in. And in the meantime, the Energy Reliability Council, kind of an interesting name, ERCOT, failed big time because as their grid was collapsing, they didn't have, remember, we shut in all these coal plants, Dolly Hill, and your neck of the woods, CL, yeah. a perky power plant, you know, we, we, coal is bad, bad, so we can't use coal, so we we lost our coal-generated power plants. As natural gas came down because of, of electrical issues, we lost your coal power plant, and remember, we got rid of nuclear years ago because nuclear stuff sick in the cold, our house in Dallas got down to forty-eight degrees. I mean, we had rolled blackouts. They were rolling uh, natural gas consumption, uh, and it's crazy. You know, and of course, coal gets a bad name. Remember, the U.S., China consumes fifty-one percent of the world's coal. India consumes eleven point eight percent. U.S. consumes seven percent. So, as we get rid of coal, you think China's getting rid of coal? Heck no. Do you think India's getting rid of coal? Heck no. So. It's it's a fallacy. We are crippling our own industry here in the United States to benefit those that aren't on our side. I mean, when we shut in U.S. production, where do we get it from? The Middle East. Are those guys our friends? And no,
1: not, right? but you know, Mike, let me ask you this. It seems, it seems as though, and I only got a couple of minutes left in the, and we got a jam packed show here today, man. I certainly appreciate you being with me. You got to answer this for us. It seems as though, Mike, you were talking about people who are not on our side. It seems as though we we have more and more people. In, in Washington, D.C. that we have that have we didn't elect them, but have been elected to office who are not on our side. Is there an American revolt that just going to have to take place in order to reverse this thing? Man, let's talk about this.
4: Well, uh, and again, and see how that's what's so important uh, for your listeners to tune into your show and, and get the real story. I mean, I, I'm reading this morning the Washington Post a story on, on uh, President Trump and, and his uh, phone call to Georgia. They're, they made it up. I mean, they made up his quotes. They, they made up everything, and so it's so hard for the American public to actually figure out what really is happening. And, and, and of course, then the other side said, "Oh, we're all conspiracy theorists," and, and uh, but the days that you and I grew up in where you could actually
0: pick up a newspaper and, and read the, the, the truth isn't
1: there anymore. Yeah, it's just not there anymore. Even Walter Cronkite, as liberal as he was, and even Dan Rather, as liberal as he was from the state of Texas, even he was more fair and balanced than Fox News is in, in these days, even, uh, Mike. So we are trapped between uh, the opinions of uh, science. Now, how did COVID affect this whole thing? Is is there a perfect storm? Uh, also brewing, Mike, with the cancel culture, the woke, and the critical race theorist. All of this seems to be, as you were talking about, a perfect storm. There seems to be a, a, a socialist agenda that is absolutely unfolding in front of us that, that Americans, I think, are being blindsided by, by and large. Speak to us.
4: Well, I, I don't think there's any question, and, and the problem is that the people who speak up, like you and, and myself, are branded as as crazy or racist or, or whatever. I mean, the, the, the cancel culture, I mean, uh, come on, CL, Dr. Seuss, Mr. <laughs> I
2: mean,
4: what, what is the, you know, you can't make yourself up, and, and every day you get up, I, I was reading this morning, Columbia University is now going to have graduation ceremonies based on your sexual orientation based on your economic status based on your race i mean wh-
1: what's going on you know mike you and i came out of a we we, we live through uh our father and mother's uh america when we have succeeded we have come to this point in america but mike i'm feeling this and i talking to a guest yesterday michelle had a guest on yesterday um that said we're, we're being uh, transported rapidly back through time by these uh, socialists and by these liberals. it's And it really does feel that way. And our young people are being – I said this myself – our young people are being robbed – of their birthright because they are being transported back in time to a place where where blacks and whites really didn't get along. You just described it. They're having separate everything, even with gender. Man, that that is absolutely crazy, Mike. Where does it land us? You do a lot with college people. What are they thinking?
4: Well, I mean, you you look at who the majority of your college professors are, CL. I mean, they are the left. And so you get these kids that start off being raised in considerable families, but after four years of being fed mush, uh, they they come to resent their parents. They resent the fact that, that their their family has, has been successful. Uh, they resent the fact that they're white or black or whatever. I mean, it's um, it's just a whole new ball game. And, and it's I don't know. I, I'm I'm thankful that uh, that my kids are up and grown, but I. I have because between the, the debt of the nation and, and the crazy politics that we're dealing with, I, I don't know. I, I
1: keep saying the pendulum got to swing back, and, and hopefully we can take back over the house uh, in twenty two. But uh, it's it's scary. It really is. Now in all field gas uh, and, and the gas lines and, and so forth with gas production and all of that, Mike. In two years, how much damage? How much damage can be done? If, in fact, we continue down this road, if Biden or Harris, God forbid, either one, either, how much damage can be done? Let's just talk about it.
4: Well, every time we go through one of these downturns in, in oil and gas, we lose we lose geologists, we lose engineers, and we lose people in the service companies. I mean, you know, Halliburton used to be a huge, uh, at, at Schlumberger, both huge presence in Treyport, Beausort, Not yeah.
1: anymore, they're gone. Yes. Uh, Schlumberger know,
4: the is gone. Wow. Yeah, look what's happening out west uh, in New Mexico. You know, the majority of New Mexico production is on federal land. New Mexico is a huge hub for Schlumberger and for Halliburton. Well, if all of a sudden now we stop any exploration on federal properties, guess what? Those people drop and go away, and it has a huge implication. Half of the state budget in New Mexico is oil and gas revenues from federal leases. So if there's... There's going to be some interesting things. And, and, and the offshore shutdown here in the U.S., you know, people don't realize the state of Louisiana gets 155 billion every year from the Gulf of Mexico Energy Security Act to rebuild the coastal wetlands. Uh, that goes away. I mean, so you're, you're killing the goose that lays the golden egg. You're getting rid of 50,000 jobs in Louisiana. You're getting rid of money to help protect our coast and build it up. And for what? Because do you think that they're going to quit uh, buying hydrocarbons in the Middle East and in China and in Russia? No. So we're not accomplishing
1: anything other than we're just ruining our own domestic industries. Mike, you ask the the question that all Americans should be asking each other and certainly asking those we have put in office in Washington, D.C. And for what? What are we destroying all of our all of the, the like you said, Mike, the, why are we killing the goose that has made us the greatest nation on the face of the planet? The greatest success story the world has ever known. Why are we allowing or why are we standing by watching the death of that goose? Americans, you need to stand up. Mike Woods, I like to uh, thank you so much for standing with me and standing with us as Americans in defending this great republic that, uh, Dr. Franklin told you. He says, I'm giving you a republic if you can keep it. Let's keep it. Mike, thank you. God bless and keep you. Thank you, CL. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryan Show. That was Mike Woods, who has just been on with me. And I got to tell you something, folks. Um, uh, It's going to take folks like him. Yeah, it's going to take people like him uh, and like you. All of us. Stand up, speak up, push back. I'm not saying get out in the, the streets and bust windows or anything. No, that's their way. That's the way they do it. But I, I, I do know that those of you who listen to this show around the globe, around the countries, particularly around this country, particularly, uh, and and hey, we're going to be bringing this, popping this up on the YouTube channel, and folks like Mike and others around the country to be coming on with me. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. <clears throat> You're going to have to become an activist. Best way I can uh, tell you to become an activist, go to FreedomWorks, freedomworks freedomworks.org. And there we will give you the tools to become an activist in the political policy realm. We'll give you the tools. And so, my friends, when I think about uh, what's there for us? It's going to take men and women of courage. Stand up, speak up, and push back. You're going to, have to stand up, speak up, push back. Yeah, you are. Coming up, Aja Smith, uh, congressional uh, candidate, United States. House of Representatives out of the great state of California, Southern California. She's going to be with me. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, the uh, war on women. Saving. I'll be right back.
5: So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside.
1: Stand up for America. Then, Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven. And
4: for the flag I stand.
1: CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. All because people like you. And we thank you for coming along with us as we have built the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation for the last seven years right here on the airwaves in various ways. And I'm really grateful to be a part of the Red State Talk family, the largest talk platform in the nation, the Talk Monster. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above the iconic Ripley's, believe it or not, now, you know, Times Square is becoming uh, more dangerous like it was way back in the in the uh, late 80s, in the early 80s when I lived out, th- when I was used to visit there a lot, uh, Jane and I. But, but just the same, folks, you can see our billboard in that dangerous place. You need to be careful, Times Square. And the, the C.L. Bryant show pops up there on it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And um, it helps me. Uh, it helps to bring to the airwaves to you uh, people like my next guest, Aja Smith, who is in the fight. She's in it to win it, and I know that she's going to do it. Uh, there are some things, though, I'd really like to talk to her about when it comes to, apparently, the assault, the attack on the female, the American female in particular. Aja, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. Michelle, do we have her? She must be muted. Check your mutes. I got you uh, four by four right here, but I don't hear you. Um, We're going to continue. Michelle, when you have her, bring her in. Okay. (laughs) There she is. I got you now. Aja, is that you?
6: Yes, good morning.
1: Good morning. I certainly uh, want to ask you, I don't know if you heard my question, but uh, is there is there a true attack on females in this country? And what gives you that idea? Talk to us.
6: Oh, my God. Yes, there is. And I'm so glad you started talking about this. It's, it seems like, you know, for so long, I, I came from a great family of strong women strong minority women. I was raised by my mother and my grandmother who are very strong women and positive influences in my life. They taught me to work hard and do the greatest I can in life. And then I see what happened with the Grammys, that that horrible performance. I said, what is this? This is not... What we are—we've come so far. Where now we have, even though we may disagree with her, our first female vice president, and and now you're doing Grammy performances that look that are too explicit to be on TV. We've come so far along as women becoming inventors and politicians and the first in everything and greater accomplishments. But here we have people highlighting in Hollywood. Uh, a horrible, disgusting performance degrading women. And I felt so embarrassed and disgusted looking at that. I didn't watch the whole Grammys. I stopped watching the Grammys, but I saw the clips. That is really a bad role model for young girls saying, wow, is that how am I supposed to be when I grow up? Or should I be like Aja Smith running for Congress and served in the Air Force? So we don't show the positives of women as a whole, and even other countries see that and think that's how women in America are.
1: You know, there's such a paradox that goes on with uh, the politics of the of the left, the liberals, because Correct. they say one thing, but their visuals and their actual message is absolutely the polar opposite of it. And And, and when we look at this particular attack, and I want you to speak to this, Uh, I have three daughters, and I have four granddaughters, and uh, all of them, uh, and I thank God for it. They they adore their father. They adore their grandfather, and so I must have done something right, but this bothers me, Aja. This bothers me. Mm -hmm. All of them were athletes, and let me tell you something. When I think about men competing against women, and nobody is saying anything about it. I'm talking about biological men. Who feel All like right. a woman that day, and, but but I just can't I just can't get with that. Talk to me how that actually affects a female psyche. Talk to me about that.
6: Well, I don't understand, and and I'm not trying to be sound rude or or my words get twisted, but you, you know if they want to do that, then they need their own sports, their own league. Don't compete with women. I mean, we have the hardest time already trying to work hard. We want to be track stars, um, the, any of those other types of sports. A lot of women worked hard to get where they're at. And now you have a man who says, well, I'm a female today, and I can go into the locker room, and I'm just going to beat the crap out of women in these sports. Where are the Me Too movement, people? Where are the true feminist, far-left women who say, okay, now you didn't push this envelope too far? You cannot compete or say one day, well, I'm going to be a female and I'm going to play female basketball and I'm just going to beat the crap out of women. And to me, it's, it's, it really needs to have some type of intervention where they say no more. If you want to do those sports as a transgender, whatever you feel like how you woke up today, go for it. But don't start coming into our sports. And start saying, "Well, I'm going to compete, and I'm going to be a boxer. I'm going to be a wrestler." And those, you're going to see a lot of decline declining women say, "You know what? I don't even want to do that anymore because I'm competing against a biological male, and what? it's physics. I mean, it, it's it's impossible." And and I'm just trying to figure out the less logic on this. Saying you you push this agenda, and now you're allowing transgender men to even have babies. You're making us extinct as women and you know i'm a christian you're a christian and a lot of your audience are christians this is a really sign where god's really going to show up and show out one day he, he's coming soon
1: i you Saying, know what, this Roger, is enough all with this
6: you. is enough especially coming in america i mean we were a god um founding country with christian judeo principle values and now we're allowing this to happen with with the Sexual exploitation of women on TV, and now you have men want to be women. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah. And God is really going to show up one day, and it's going to be a day of reckoning.
1: Aja, what do you think about this statement I'm about to make here? I want, I want to get your opinion on it. Uh, I, I did a speech uh, a couple of um, uh, months ago, and, and in that speech I asked this question Adam where are you? Where are you? And uh, the the person, the man, the country, whatever you want to, that God made. I believe, like you're saying, uh, He He's asking, "Where are you? Where Where are you? Uh, I don't recognize uh, uh, you. I don't not. You're not what I I, I created. What we're beginning to see. Uh, in in american uh as far as the sexuality and all of that is concerned, it is far 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 from what uh, any of us could have imagined just twenty years ago, as far as this is concerned uh, it or is ten just, years ago or ten years ago it is absolutely gone off the rail but have men this is my question because I told you I had daughters I have one son, but yes. I have three daughters but but th- but i have have men abdicated standing up for their girls because i i i, I can't I can't see how we're gonna let this stand I just if I see a man coming out of the bathroom where my daughters or my granddaughters are I'm sorry I'm not gonna be responsible for what may happen to him as far as that's concerned mm-hmm. I'm just telling you and so you know, so I, uh, talk to us I, I i talk to my male friends and they're saying
6: they're so disgusted but a lot of them are some nice. I can't see a lot of them, but some of them are afraid to come out because then they'll be called um, as pigs or you're anti-woman, but we need our men to now stand up for us. We need them to protect us. It's not about, Oh, you're better than us or, but as, as you know, society, men should be protecting the women and saying enough is enough. We're standing by the women who are saying enough is enough. And it has nothing to do with you're the alpha and I'm submissive. No, we need the men to really come out and also, the clergymen to say enough is enough with going on with women. We need the protection. Yes, we, you know, we come far. We come far along where we can protect ourselves, but we're still being attacked by different avenues on what these elitists and far leftists and these ungodly people are doing. And we do need the men that are in the community and even in the households to say you know what, we're going to start making a change. If we have to do another million-man march where women, they're going to say they're going to protect women and we're going to stop this, especially in Washington, D.C., and in the government, we are do it.
2: Because uh,
6: it's getting to a point where are you trying to just make us non-existent? And it's really scary as a woman, especially a minority woman. And I see these little girls and young women who who message me and say, "We're so proud of you, we're so proud of you, but they're also at the same time we're too scared because we don't want to be called homophobic or we don't want to be called certain names or races or this and that because if we speak out we're we're being bashed by the teachers and you yeah. know, and I also blame even with the teachers' unions, I think men. You know, I've always said men need to be men.
1: Absolutely. You,
6: you really need for, us, for to protect us because that is our human nature.
1: Men, are you hearing the women? They, they, <laughs> they're going to be independent, but they, they need you. And let me tell you something. I always preached when I was a pulpit pastor and pastored my three churches across the country. Let me tell you something. I always preached that Adam's job was to save Eve from the curse. Adam, yes. where are you? That's what God, he, he opened her up to the curse. And and, uh-huh. and this is what we must, in fact, do. Aja, real quick, tell everybody how to get in touch with you if they are wanting to talk to you.
6: Oh, you can go to my website. It's www.ajasmith4forcongress.com.
1: All right. You heard it right there, and I want to thank you so much for being on with me today. Thank Always, and so like talk to you soon. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, and that was Aja Smith, and uh, she is certainly uh, going to make her mark out there in California. One of these old days, uh, and she is making her mark right now. Uh, as a voice of reason in a world that seems absolutely unreasonable. I have told uh, and, and taught this and preached it uh, for many, many years. And uh, when when God is was asking the question, Adam, Adam, where are you? He was asking more than just a locational question. Where's that person I created to protect my creation from falling? It was you. It was men. It was man. It, it, we, we were supposed to protect our women from the curse. That was Adam's job, to protect her from the curse. He failed. And we have been failing as men ever since. In fact, I know men disagree with me. And very few women do disagree with me on this. But you can trace the problem. You can trace the problem of just about Every problem in the world, especially the problems that women have, you can always track that back to the failure of some man. Hey, I raised both my hands. I'm a man. Guilty. Got to be. Because the whole job of protecting them was put upon us. Adam, where are you? I'm CL. CL Bryant show will return After these words, we're going to have a jam packed show. Uh, My next guest will be a newly elected California GOP Executive Committee woman. My good friend Corinne Rankin will be with us. We served uh, on the uh, Trump board together, and she's going to be with me whenever we come back. Don't you go anywhere.
5: through.
1: success story the world has ever known still and that is america and it's all because of people just like you i tell you every day but you got to stand up speak up and push back now because you've been shoved around you are truly being shoved around and uh, as all of you know i've uh, made my move uh, to florida i'll be living there on the atlantic coast but there are some things going on on that other coast in california and that is just absolutely off the chain And we want to get a bird's eye view of what's going on. GOP executive committee woman, newly elected, my friend, Corinne Rankin. Corinne Rankin is on with me and help me welcome her back to the C.L. Bryan Show. Corinne, how have you been?
3: has been fantastic it's so good to hear from you again thanks
1: for having me glad to have you on as always Corinne before we get into our conversation tell everybody just how bad it is in your own opinion how tough is it in California for Californians right now and are you seeing people just packing up and leaving and tell us why that's happening uh yeah well
3: it's It's really rough. on um, on Our our unemployment rate is at an all time high. Uh, You know, we've had so many problems with our unemployment department giving, you know, what millions to people who are incarcerated or felons. The the fraud rate is just off the charts. There is little, you know, literally no oversight with that. And our small businesses at you know at the top of the charts are just struggling left and right they can't seem to get ahead they've been traumatized by these lockdowns a lot of them are you know starting to share their stories and you know meanwhile you know our california governor gavin newsom when he shut down the businesses he shut down the wineries in napa but left conveniently left his winery open (laughs) i mean he's just completely out of touch I know. And, you know, Californians can see that. They see what's happening. They see the mismanagement by Governor Gavin Newsom. And there's been a grassroots effort to recall this governor.
1: How, what, Uh, how, what does this say? Is is that going to be successful? I mean, I I think you have something like a million uh, signatures now. Uh, How does that shape up with the recall uh, effort uh, of Newsom?
3: So uh, what's required is 1.5 million signatures. And right now, uh, we're at a little over 2 million signatures.
1: Wow. So
3: the, expect- yeah. the expectation is is that uh, Governor Newsom will be recalled um, on the ballot by the end of the summer, maybe August or September. Uh, and he's, he's nervous about it. So he started this huge campaign that um started a few did just this week that where he's calling this a, a partisan uh recall and i'd like to let all of your listeners know who um are, are possibly following this that this is not a partisan recall 38 percent of the signatures uh that were collected for the recall are from democrats and independents wow so we're yeah it's it's a big deal um and Californians don't need Republicans or the Republican party to tell them that Gavin has ruined their business and their
1: livelihoods. Well, you know, one thing folks, if that, if the, if the, if the polls say 38%, if that's what it's reporting, I guarantee it was 45 or 48% and probably 50 <laughs> uh, because they want him out of there. They want him gone as bad as New York wants Cuomo gone. It's amazing how both coasts uh, are in fact coming under this Uh Let me ask you this, Corinne. Is there then a a, a play, because you've been newly elected to the GOP Executive Committee, is there then a play for the GOP again? Is it opening up in the great state of California? Can California be restored to sanity through GOP policy? Talk to us. Um, It's our hope that it can. So, you know,
3: with this recall, it's really um – it's really telling where Californians are at. They're not happy with the with the current governor. They're recalling him. and uh, there's not going to be another Democrat on the ballot. So it's going to the ballot will say recall Governor Newsom yes or no. So when people click hit when they check yes, then there's going to be some options underneath where it, they can select the Republican of their uh, of their choice. So I think it's really going to be uh, incumbent upon us as a party. Uh, to put forth really good candidates for governor, uh, candidates that um, can cross over to the Democrats and in independents uh, to be able to uh, get elected. I mean, first stop is we have to get elected, and once we do that, then yes. Uh, I I truly believe, as you do, I'm sure most of your listeners, that Republican policies are the ones that benefit the people
1: the most. I truly believe it. I truly believe it, especially in that state of California and anywhere uh, where you are listening to uh, this program throughout the globe and, of course, here in America, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, over the largest talk platform in the nation, Red State, traveling through Times Square. Look up above uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, that iconic building is home for the talk monsters Billboard and 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The C.L. Bryant show pops up there. And the C.L. Bryant, you know, C.L.'s face looking right back at you. And, Corinne, let me tell you something. I know you to be a shaker and a mover there in California. Wherever you do, you put your hands to it. You do it with all your might. I know that. But this is the question that I have for you. Do you have a comparable team that you have been uh, selected to that's going to pull this wagon with you? Uh, talk to us about the type of help that you have there. And, and, and can you can you push them in the shape? Because I know you are a doer. That's what you do. Do you have the same type of people working with you? Talk to me. Well, absolutely.
3: I'm. i am um like I said, I'm, I'm newly elected to the executive board of the California Republican Party. And I represent a district which is the middle of California called the Central Valley. And it's where most of our Republicans come from. I'm, in my district, I've got Devin Nunez and Kevin McCarthy. So we're a really strong red slash purple district uh, in California. But as far as the party, you know, with our new chairman, who is just uh, chairwoman who was just recently reelected as well, she's a fighter. Uh, she's you know, really led efforts to get our first two Korean women uh, elected to Congress. Uh, You've know, got David Valadeo, Mike Garcia. So she's, she's really strong when it comes to uh, election strategy, and she's, she's just a fighter. Uh, I, I feel confident with the group that she's assembled. And with those of us who have been elected to work with her, that we can really make a difference and really start making some headway here in
1: California. Now, you and I uh, worked together with the Trump campaign. We were on the advisory board of Black Voices for Trump. uh, And and, and so the pathway for the black vote, uh, Corinne, my question is – even in the midst of, uh, uh, I won't can't call it a loss, but a, a heist, a theft of the presidency. Even in the midst of that, where we actually captured more of the black vote than we even thought we could, we might, and maybe a low estimate for some, but still, it was very good. But yet, our candidate, at least on paper, uh, lost this thing. Corinne, did we really make the inroads? Have we made the inroads that we expected to make? And can we continue making those inroads from your point of view uh, there in California and, and around the, the country? Talk to us. Uh,
3: I, I believe we actually, I believe we have. I believe that, you know, President Trump uh, and his efforts with our uh, the, the coalition we were on, Black Voices for Trump, really made a significant difference, uh, sort of as they say, change the game when it comes to Republican uh, outreach for minorities, uh, something that you know Republican presidents don't typically do, haven't typically done historically. And I think that black people as a whole saw the effort, appreciate the effort. Uh, as you know, I, I'm the founder of an organization of black Republicans here in California. And I got to tell you, in this 2021, our membership has increased like double. So we are seeing, I'm seeing black Republicans just, you know, feeling more comfortable and they're coming out of the woodworks now where, you know, before I had, you know, a hard time scraping together a few people where now I I don't even know everyone's name anymore. So that's great. uh, That is great. We've also seen here in California last November, we've got, you know, black, two black city council members who just decided, hey, I'm going to be a Republican. I'm going to run for city council and both got elected. We, we're seeing, we're making, we are making um, strides.
1: Wow, that is uh, fantastic towards, news, Karen. back you
3: know, to, to being
1: relevant. That is fantastic so, news, Karen. Uh, and when, when you when you talk about that type of thing, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you, get you to a place where. Uh, you they are so that you can speak to them and share with us uh have a few minutes left here share with us why you founded the organization that you have brought forth that has produced this type of fruit talk to us about it well um
3: what you and i both know cl is that the black vote is an important vote uh for both parties you know the democrats uh always call black women the backbone of the democrat party so that just is a testament to how important our vote is we may not be large in terms of percentage in in our state or, or in the country as a whole but the black vote does make a difference and uh i think that republicans are starting to recognize and appreciate that uh and i think that uh Again, through the efforts of President Trump that uh, black people uh, throughout the nation are just starting to feel more comfortable uh, identifying with the Republican Party.
1: And I and folks, I got to tell you something, even in the midst of the loss or what have you or, you know, whatever it was, uh, this is good news. And this is news coming from someone who I know knows what she's talking about and and, and so i'm glad to present uh, her to you and uh, corinne whatever we can do to help you along the way uh, maybe it'll be governor rank in one of these days who knows you know i mean <laughs> i tell you what i tell you what i'll be out there stomping up and down the state of california if you ever decide to put that mantle on girl but anyway thank you so much for being on with us whenever you have anything that you uh, need to say you and michelle uh, can hook it up you can come on anytime you can call me direct you have my number give me a holler i'll talk to you soon god bless and keep you thank you
6: thank
1: you for having me i'm cl this is the cl brian show that was corinne rankin and uh yeah she's newly elected uh to the gop executive committee there in california and that is good good things and uh, good thing she's um, young enough to take it on and, and go for it and, and do a good job with it. And, Michelle, whatever we can do to be of a, of help to those constituents out there that might want to come on the show of hers, uh, we'll be very happy to help it. We talked to... Um, Southeastern Legal yesterday and we offered the same thing uh, to them. You come on uh, this show and we will give you air to talk to a large audience. We'll give you air to talk. And um, I want to tell you, you everybody something. Now is the time to speak up. Speak up, speak out. Now. It's time for everybody to become an activist who understand that there's not a racist behind every tree. That's what they want you to believe, though. And and you know what? If, if If you buy into that, let me tell you what you're buying into. Let me tell you exactly what you're buying into. You're buying into being a fact denier. I'm going to give you several facts. I'm going to give you several facts that you can try out right now. You can, you can, you can get in your car, get on your horse, motorcycle, whatever, bicycle, walk, and check this out. Walk down your neighborhood. I mean, if you don't, if you, and I know many people live in a very polarized neighborhood. You only have uh, one, one type because let's face it. Black people are only 12% of the whole population of the whole country. You know, you know, you know that, right? We're only 12% of the whole population. Almost, and we're, we're regressing because we're killing so many of our unborn children. Yeah. Well, they're born in the womb, but they they're, they haven't breathed their first natural breath, uh, you know, outside the womb. But we kill them, and we are declining in percentages because we're killing ourselves. Black folks killing themselves through abortion. Yeah, that's why the that's why we're the the that's why we're now second in population minority wise to the Latinos who tend not to kill themselves. They tend not to. But black folks tend to, evidently. And, hey, you're only 12% of the population. And there's so many things that are going on that are working against uh, all of us. So you need to get out there and um, vote. Because you can. Yes, you can. The only thing you need is an ID. But, of course, you have that for everything else, too, right? Well, sure you do. They're they're very, unless it's an, an emergency... They're not going to admit you to the hospital if you don't have an ID. If if, if, it's, if if you're sick, can't get on a plane, I know that much. You cannot buy a car. Huh? You can't do that without an ID. Go down to the Social Security office or something like that, what are they going to ask you for? An ID. You had better have a birth certificate if you're going to go get a driver's license. That's your ID, and then they check it off and they fingerprint you and all that kind of thing. You got to have it. An ID. Those of you who drink, you got to have an ID. you telling me you don't need an ID to vote? And somebody's mad at other folks because someone wants, we want, I want, you should want folks to be who they say they are when they vote? You can't buy a gun without an I.D. No. You do know you're taking other people's lives into your hands when you go into the voting booth. You're seeing it in action right now. By voting Joe Biden into office, you took the lives of all of us. Of course, Joe Biden wasn't voted into office. We were steamrolled into office by a bogus yeah i'm saying it it's true (laughs) not because i'm saying it but it's true it's just (laughs) it's just common sense listen we talked about common sense here, and we talked about how devoid our nation our country has become of that common sense right I've said this now at least 50 times on this show since it happened. But, friends, there is no way Joe Biden got more votes than Barack Obama. No way. Just didn't happen and if it did happen then we ought to be able to audit that shouldn't we and even though i shall never never call joe biden president until there's an audit i will say this if they do the audit and for some unforeseen reason joe biden actually won the presidency of the united states i will gladly say hail to the chief but until then in the- bowing and reverence cl back with you uh here this day um man it's and, you know i i have Corey lee coming up uh in the show i've had a, it's it's just been really really good michelle is doing fantastic i can tell you this far away from christmas just how good a job you do um uh, <laughs> for the show uh Corin was great, and, of course, we had uh, Aja Smith, who on was j- just great as well. Uh, Mike Woods, oh, awesome. Uh, Mike Woods always is, is on, uh, on his game as far as the uh, information that he gives to us. And uh, I, I want us to hear from Corey Lee if Michelle is able to, to bring him in because he, we've had him on. In times past, talking about the black farmers and how they many times are being uh, just absolutely hoodwinked, swindled and bamboozled by the government out of their property, out of their land. And if this bill that has just passed, which I just don't see how a billion dollars could be allocated. And I talked to Corey about this. I'm going to talk to him about it. you. Let me talk to him about it. Uh, this covid bill that has just passed has in it. It appears money for the black farmers, right? And so um, we, we want to talk about how maybe that they, what, what what is what is Corey telling us when he when he says that uh, they don't know how to disperse it? That that doesn't sound quite right. We're going to hear from him as far as that's concerned right now. Help me welcome back to the show Corey Lee, who seemingly seemingly has gotten some money, but. May not. Corey, welcome back to CL Show. How are you, brother? I'm doing good. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing really good, uh, Corey, but I hear that there may be a, a snag or, or, or a hindrance to you actually getting the money. Tell us what the holdup is for you black farmers to receive the money that was put into this bill for you.
5: Well there was uh, a degree of uncertainty for about two weeks, two or three weeks and, uh, not sure. It wasn't, we really were not sure if any of the bill that related to the, uh, Warnock bill that was in the COVID relief package was going to make it through. It had a, uh, a billion dollar, uh, discretion fund in there, but it went through unscathed. Uh, and so I think that we're on the right road. And, uh, in fact, I was on a, uh, zoom call with, uh, Uh, Secretary Vilsack and uh, Dr. Dwayne Goldman and uh, Cedric Richmond from Louisiana earlier this morning. And uh, and there were a lot of questions being asked. And uh, it was pretty insightful. And uh, I've got, you know, if we have time, I can share a little bit about what was said. Uh, Some of the sentiments from the black farmers, you know, there's still a degree of, you know, are are we really going to get what we signed up for, you know, type thing that's going on.
1: Have they told you how they can allocate the money? Have they told you how they can distribute the money? And then there's a question that I have for you. You want to start with the question first? Let me ask the question. (laughs) This was a part of the COVID relief package. Is that right? Yes, sir. Many Americans are asking how then does... A lot of things. And since we're talking about farmers and black farmers in particular, how does this relate to what they told us this was? Why are we, yes, I want, you know, you know, I don't have to tell you that I want black farmers to succeed, but how is that attached to this bill? That's what Americans want to know, and that's what this show is building the bridge. We need to have that conversation.
5: Well, you got the right man today,
1: and let me explain to you exactly how it works. So
5: uh, back in October, there was $9.6 billion in pandemic uh, relief uh, for farmers, if we all recall. Well, black farmers only got 2.26 of 1% of that $9.6 billion. Okay. So in the top 10% of the uh, white farmers got 60% of that money. And so it was necessary to have a congressional act to make sure that the black farmers in which the u s d a has admitted to systemic record uh, uh discrimination for the past uh would to get their face here because you know we have lost over. 15 million acres of land since 1920 through discrimination and all kinds of Jim Crow era tactics that basically were stealing land from black farmers. So so it was necessary because when the first $9.6 billion were doled out, the black farmers got .26% of 1%. And that's 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 not to say share because what people fail to realize when a federal agency spends taxpayer dollars. That's just what it is. It's taxpayers' dollars. Yes. And so when you have African-Americans that contribute to pay their taxes and businesses and, uh, you know, buying uh, like items at the stores and things of that nature, but then they, they deserve to get their fair share of government programs like everybody else. So I'm, I'm not really understanding where... Is the big disconnect because the way it's been sold on some of the mainstream media is that all of a sudden this is some giveaway to black farmers, but they didn't tell the whole story. And, for example, I can go a little further. When we had the trade wars, there was $46 billion allocated. Black farmers got less than $10 million as a whole through that whole deal. So
1: So let me ask you this. Are we saying that in this bill, then we made up or it was uh, proposed and it has been proposed and it has been done that we make up for what was left out as far as the black farmers are concerned from the last bill. The last bill did not allocate the funds that were to come to black farmers. And so in this bill, that was that was the the compensation that was do, uh, do talk to us about it. help us understand that yeah i wouldn't look at it as compensation from the standpoint i better it's much better viewed
5: as that's a down payment okay. from the standpoint it's, i'll give you a, uh, a parallel to my thinking so when they uh, allocated the ppp money look at the large businesses they got all of the money in people that had small businesses didn't get a whole lot of anything so well, this time, because of the COVID, they made sure that small businesses were were you know got their fair share and had a chance to survive. So if you're not going to raise hell about that part, then don't raise hell about uh, black farmers that were left out just like small businesses was, was left out. It, it only becomes a problem when you use the word black, and so the narrative should never be. Well, the black farmers got this. Well, let me tell you about the two hundred and fifty billion dollars worth of damage that's been done to black farmers in the last twenty years. Yeah. So no, we didn't get anything. So this needs to be
1: considered as a down payment to what you owe us. And 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 this is and, and of course I, well, of course everybody point well taken. Everybody understands exactly what you're saying as far as that's concerned. Their question is. Why would they attach it to a COVID relief bill like they did the, the bailouts for these states and so forth? That's what Americans are talking about. I believe that legislation should be set out specifically for the black farmers to get the money that uh, they have been denied. That's only fair. Uh, but what, they're, what what is railing, and Corey, you know this show is, it has great reach. And what the people are talking about is not only the injustice that's been done against you being made up in in this bill, but the injustices that they're saying have been done against folks that injustice hasn't been done against that's being made up in this bill. And so that's what the – and it's being sold to us as COVID relief. That's what I'm getting at. It's being sold to us as COVID relief. And they're asking the question, what does it have to do with COVID? That's the thing. That's what I'm asking.
5: I'm gonna revert back to my earlier comments. There was nine point six billion dollars of pandemic relief, which is still COVID, that was dished out in October to white farmers. Then where was the then that was sold as uh COVID relief or pandemic relief it's the same thing. It's just two peas in a pod. But because this specific language says to socially disadvantaged farmers, it doesn't even say black farmers. So first, that needs to be clarified. If the Warnock bill was due to farmers of color, which includes in, indigenous farmers uh, and Hispanic farmers, so basically the Indian farmers and, and, and the uh, Hispanic farmers and black farmers. So at the end of the day, It's the same thing that was sold in October. It's pandemic relief, and it's half of the relief that was given in. But nobody, the majority of people didn't get the money, but the big white farmers, but because you put color in there, all of a sudden it's an issue. You can't can't look past that. In fact, I'm going to go even further. You know know you're my man, but sometimes i got to call the dog the dog.
1: (laughs) Go for it, man.
5: So I was uh, watching this clip this morning on, uh, with Tim Scott was on Fox. Yeah. Uh, it was on YouTube. So I think it aired yesterday. And I don't know if he was baited into saying what he said, but at some point in time, the thing that I like about you, we may not always agree on certain things in politics, but I guarantee you we can meet some call that to together. Yeah. Oh yeah. you know, And yeah, have a good yeah. time.
1: Yeah. 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 For sure.
5: Yeah. He gets on there and says, you know what? This COVID-19 should have never, ever gave black farmers any relief uh, because you're only widening the disparity. I sit thinking, whoa, okay. So you can say that. But also, we also tried to get the the, the last administration to fix the problem. It never got fixed. So by that being said, you're saying that you know, half of the Republicans weren't on board at all, but the Republicans had the opportunity to fix this thing, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
5: did nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and,
5: we can't lose sight of that. Yeah. And, I mean, like, you had been great or giving us a platform to even discuss it. And, you know, I mean, I'm just... I, I wouldn't look at myself as apolitical. I don't really agree with a whole lot of politics because I'm full middle America, and I don't like getting caught up between the have and the have-not because you know, he's better than you and good. I can't think about himself. But I so I'm gonna take a different approach is that in that conference call this morning with, with listening to Bill Sachin, you know, we we've I've had my thoughts in the past over that. But I looked at Sergeant Richmond from Louisiana and then there's a uh, a new man, his name is uh, Dr. Dwayne Goldman, I think he's out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And what they were asking for were for groups like mine to team up with them to fix the problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: First time I ever heard that being stated because you know I, I can I'm, I'm almost a little CL. <laughs> I'll go all in if I think if I think am right and you're wrong. And and I said you know what that might be the best approach because it may take them months to try to figure out our group is already solved, but they just gonna have to reach across. And talk to us. I mean, and it just takes a conversation. I have some brilliant attorneys around me. Brilliant. The The process can can be solved in a matter of a couple of weeks. We can lay in a roadmap. And the biggest thing that deal with farmers of color that was part of this bill that people are finding uh, disproportionate, disproportionate, or something, whatever terms they're using, is that the air property that was. From the pick for litigation from 1999. That's an easy fix for my group. We've already figured it out. And then also, you know, they were, as you asked me earlier, how was it going to be implemented? That's an easier fix. But they're going to have to reach out to our group that we've already solved it. And so it can get fixed. And I'm not, I guess I'm going to get off the soapbox and tell everything that's wrong with the things they're doing, and say, hey, oh, you've got my telephone number. Everybody knows that you do.
0: Uh, <laughs> just
5: reach across the aisle and let us fix it. Yeah. And that's probably the best solution. And, uh, you know, Shetrick Richmond from Louisiana, is a peculiar person, and he's, he's very well-spoken, but the last Zoom call I was on with, he says, you know, Corey, cool, I'm going to get back to you, and we're going to fix this problem, but I never heard from him. <laughs> and you know, and and it kind of you know put a a, a a pin in my balloon because I want to hold him to his word instead of me railing against you know politicians all the time and, and administration for not doing what they said they're going to do. If you ever want to be written into history, let us help you fix the problem, and then you then I'll just ride off within the sunset. And I'll go ride some horses and
1: yeah. whatever I do. Yeah, yeah, and.
5: Uh, and so, you know, I just, I'm really appreciative of you not letting this voice die.
1: Oh, no, um, man. No, no. You yeah. see, you see, Corey, I come from, like I tell you from the very beginning, our first interview is that I come from the, the farmer's stock. I'm am I'm, I'm I'm farmer's, I'm from that stock. And uh, my mom and dad came from that stock and all their people came off the farm. And so I have a, a special place in my heart. For, for farmers, uh, granddaddy would tell us, Hey, y'all, you know, if it don't rain, we may not eat, you know. And so, we, we trusted God, uh, we trusted God for, for everything. And and so, uh, I, I appreciate what you're doing, and I fight the fight with you. I'm gonna fight the fight with you, but I'm always gonna tell you what the people are asking about how money is allocated, and, and we need to know, uh, how it's used and all that type of thing. Listen, man, uh, I want to bring you back real soon. Can I, ask you this? Can ah. I make one
5: last point, Bill? Man? Sure. Uh, One thing that I want to protect against, and and I've been noticing more and more over the last four or five years, with the smaller farmer, and that includes anybody that's not a big farmer and it doesn't matter your ethnicity, I would like for solutions that were not kept into a role as just a producer because you control too much about the big you know, keen commodities up at the top. You know, we need to expand into processors. We need to expand into distributors and things of that nature. That's where the real money is. As long as you're just a producer, you're going to experience the problems that we've experienced for decades. And so with that billion-dollar discretion fund, I would like to see, the Department of Agriculture come up with a solution he and We've had some solutions, and we you know, we're willing to team up with them. That will put smaller farmers into business because there's a shortage of uh, beef processing facilities around the country right now. Then, if we can go ahead and have outreach, build more facilities, and let the new guy to get a chance to operate, then we could cure a whole lot of the ills that the plaguing uh, the, the food supply now.
1: Corey Lee, you have been the voice of it, a strong voice for it for a long time. Man, I want to thank you for coming on with me. God bless and God keep you and keep your hands to the plow, brother, and talk to you real soon. Thank you.
3: Thank
1: you, man. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, and that was Corey Lee. And let me tell you folks something this is a fight that he's been fighting. Um, uh, for a while now. And this is a fight that I really believe um, is one that's that's worthwhile. But the question that so many are having about the, the, the $2 trillion, and it's actually going to be over that, it's going to be more than $2 trillion that's going to be spent, $2 trillion. Uh, Twelve zeros on each one of those trillions. Twelve. It's $100 million million dollars. Okay? That's more money you can imagine. It, actually, you're we talking about $200 million. million. It's, it's, it's more money than you can't count it. You can just say it. We spent $2 trillion under the guise of COVID. Uh, friends, we got to talk about something here when I come back with more of the C.L. Bryant show. Because even I, even though I understand exactly what Corey's saying, I understand what, what the people, the bailout uh, states are saying, you know, this is money that we need. and y- I understand that. I get it. I get it. But that's not what we were told. We'll talk about it when I return. I'm C.L. Don't go anywhere.
5: You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth leaving. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for.
2: So you sacrificed Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio.
1: God bless America. I do the best I can, always lend the in the heavenly hand,
5: and for the flag I stand.
1: C.L. Home Stretch of the C.L. Bryant Show. Thank you. For staying with us and being with us um, these two hours. If you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant Show, be sure to go and uh, download free VCL Bryant Show in your app store. Download free also Red State, Red State Talk. Uh, that app is free and go to FreedomWorks, FreedomWorks.org uh, and uh, become a part of a movement um, there. FreedomWorks, build, educate, mobilize and uh, of course educate the largest grassroots organization in the nation. Become a part of it. Become a part of a movement. Um, we'll be in Nashville. I'll be with my friends over in, up in Nashville, Music City, be up there in a couple of weeks. Well, we we'll a week and a half, the 26th through the 28th, uh, be in Nashville, Tennessee. And, um, I'm going to be with about 75, a hundred of our, uh, super activists or activist, uh, types from around the nation. And, uh, certainly want you to have opportunity to join in with us. Sometimes whenever you get a chance to just go to freedomworks dot freedomworks.org and check it out and see what we talking about now. I understood everything about, you see, when your legislators tell you that, uh, we we want you to vote on this because it's because of COVID relief. Well, I understand politics. I know that there's all kind of pork and everything and all kind of bills. But the thing is, we had gotten away. We had tried to at least get away from that type of thing. But Bernie Sanders could not have spent the kind of money that just was spent on stuff that, you know, call for COVID relief that has pork in it for everything else. Hmm. Bernie Sanders could not have spent this kind of money in his wildest dream. But we're being hoodwinked, swindled, and bamboozled, I'm telling you. Yeah. It appears that Cuomo was a flirt, a super flirt. He flirted with women in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you this, I can tell you this, I can tell you this, I can tell you this. Um, Never. No, didn't happen like that. Didn't go down like that. There are things all over. Um, This man's gone. This man's, I mean, it's finished. It's, It's almost sad to watch how his demise is coming about. um i don't I haven't paid much attention to his brother chris Cuomo, who you know was real matter of fact about his cockiness, but this is almost tragic mario cuomo, of course um people say he was he was rife with corruption and all of this type of thing an incredible speaker Mario Cuomo was. But um, maybe his sons are just like he was, except they're not as discreet as Mario was. Well, all I can tell you is that for Andrew, it's over. Totally over. Friends, the thing that we don't want, though, is for it to be over for us. That's why we must do everything we possibly can to stop HR1. It's still, yes, we're still trying to battle that. And we're still in a position where we can keep that from becoming a reality. It will rob you of your sovereignty as a state. Your vote basically means nothing, and that's exactly what they want it to to happen. Your country is being stolen from you. Wake up. Wake up now. Your country is being stolen from you. And um, what happens when she goes away? You've heard me uh, tell you that uh, a refugee from the Eastern, an Eastern Bloc country came to me. I was in Oregon. I think it was in Bend, Oregon or somewhere like that. And he was, he was saying to me, CL, in his, you know, I think it's Romanian accent, uh, if America goes away, she go away. Where do people go? If America goes away, where do people go? Who are trying to live free? You are seeing her go away. And I'm telling you, once America is gone, she's not coming back. There's no way for it. There's no reason. There's no way for her to come back. There's no avenue for her to come back. If, if, if we are able with all of our might to push the greatest nation in the, on the face of the planet away from the people it was intended to be for, if we're, if we're stupid enough and our ignorance is strong enough to push that entity called America a way in in in, in, a, in, a, in a fashion that we are doing now. Why should she, why would she come in, come back? We're not good to the gift. Oh, you're not hearing me. We're not taking care of the gift that was given. And, and, and friends, whenever we talk about that, whenever we talk about the, the the gift that America is to all of us, I hope that you understand that we are about to let all of this really get out of our hands and we're about to do the the worst thing. We're about to commit the worst crime, the atrocity against ourselves by letting these socialists, the progressive liberals just have their way with us while we watch we must stand up we must speak up We must push back. I'm not talking about, again, I say, I'm not talking about going out into the street, cracking windshields and and busting windows. That's not what we do. That's what they do. What we're good at is making people understand that they are no good. They can't be without us. Not without us. We the people. We the people. And we can't let them treat us. I'm talking about people who we put in office and pay their salary. We can't let them treat us as though they own us. And, black folks, let me talk to you for just these few seconds and few minutes. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the Democrat Party. They have always treated you. Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, James Clyburn. Oh, yes, they have always treated you like they own you. I don't care how dark or or, or dark brown Maxine Waters is. James Clyburn. I'm not concerned about any of that. What I am, Conyers, you know, I'm not concerned about any of that. But that has nothing to do with the color of their skin has nothing to do with how they have treated you like they own you. They have treated you like they own you. And guess what? They have owned you. They've owned your vote. That's for sure. They've owned your emotions. And they've played with them in ways that are absolutely disgusting. They've played with your emotions. In ways that are absolutely disgusting. And you went right along with it. Yes, you did. I am saying to you now it's time to wake up and it's time to wake those up around you. And as I said um, with uh, Bishop Audrey um, Shines, Aubrey Shines, we are headed back to Obamaland if you don't wake up. You hear me? We're headed back to Obama Land. And Obamaland was not a nice place for anybody. You may have fooled yourself. You may have duped yourself into saying or thinking that, oh, this is cool. This is great being in Obamaland. No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. No, it's not. So, um, what do you do? What do you do? Be vigilant. That's the price of your liberty. That's the price of your freedom. Be vigilant. Vigilance, Thomas Jefferson told us all. Watching out for those who would want to take you down as a nation. Keeping an eye on your enemies. Because you will certainly have them. Yeah, vigilance. Watch now more than ever. The fight is on. But prayer is necessary. And if you are able to pray and not faint through all of this that we are going through... And believe me, there are some things that are coming upon you. And I, I told all of, all of you, if you get your check, if you get your little, if you get your $1,400 check, whatever it is, you better save it for gas and your power. Because all of that is about to go up. Gasoline, I'm talking about, for your cars, all of that. Your electricity, all of that, because coal they're at war with coal and it takes coal to make, you know, electricity. All of that. You're going to see it. They're going to it's going to cause it to go up dramatically. Soon. I told you. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day and I want to thank him For our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL and my heartfelt desires that God would bless and keep you all.
5: This room